It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the college football experts, college football gurus. Got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Also have Coach J-Rod. You guys can find him at Coach J-Rod1. You guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. College football week number one. Uh, Uncle Dave, myself, and J-Rob, we're going to go ahead. We're going to break down one Friday game, and we're going to go ahead and break down four Saturday games. We're also going to go ahead and give you guys our best bets. Guys, let's go ahead. Let's start it out here with Friday, Friday Night Football. We got Temple at Duke. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's call this line Duke minus nine. Uh, total of 51. This one starts at 730 Eastern time. This one will be on the ACC Network. Uncle Dave, not sure if you have anything on Temple and Duke. I'll let you rip and run first. What do you got? Yeah, I think ultimately, sleeping, I'm going to pass. I mean, I think that number is, you know, I have a hard time laying nine points with Duke against anyone, really. Uh, and then Temple's kind of fallen off from what they were. Um, I think I would lay the nine if, if you made me. Uh, but uh, I think I would be more interested in the total, uh, which I see that as a potential under game. I mean, Temple just, Temple just doesn't have the offense. So, you know, if, I, if you're putting a gun to my head, it would be Duke and under. I noticed that line was running away. It was Duke minus seven. Uh, now it's up to Duke minus nine, and that, that moved quite a bit just over the last couple of days. J-Rod, I'm not sure if you have anything on Temple and Duke. You're going to go ahead and play a side total or pass? No, I'm going to go ahead and pass as well. Like it's like Uncle Dave kind of reiterated, I, I don't know much about either of these two teams coming in, and I don't want to pretend like I do. I guess I could read the internet just like anybody else, but um, you know, worst case scenario, I do tend to lean with both of these teams to the under like Uncle Dave, but it's going to be a no play for me. I think one of the things that a lot of people probably should understand, and, and we probably are pretty comfortable with this, you know, with the NFL, you know, we, yeah, we have roster changes, but the majority of the players that are on these teams, you know, we know, we, we know those teams and those players in the NFL. And when it comes to college football, you know, you have all these guys that are graduating, you have all these new freshmen coming in, you know, you have these freshmen that are starting it, and these teams tr- change drastically. So in, in my opinion, and I'm sure Uncle Dave and, and J-Rod would agree with this, usually it takes like a week or two before you can catch up in college football, before you can start determining, you know, who these players are, what they look like, you know, what these teams look like overall. Where in the NFL, you know, you feel rather confident, you know, in week one and week two. So, you know, a lot of passes probably earlier on in the year, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes I think taking a slower approach when it comes to college football um, is a good way to go ahead and and, and not blow up your bankroll early. Here's what I have for Temple at Duke. I don't think either either of these teams are very good. Uh, New quarterbacks step in this year. Both had disastrous defenses last year, and they lost players. Uh, you know, pretty much the graduation, stuff like that. Now, they had some transfers that came in. I think it's going to be pretty much uh, the same for these teams this year. I do favor Duke uh, in this one as being the better team, but, you know, with how bad that defense was last year, um, they're they're just not going to go in and get my money. The market has hammered the under, and again, this was an early week move, and that looks like syndicate head fake to me. The same thing that happened in the Hawaii game last week. We went ahead, we made that move. And we played the over, and that ended up cashing. 51 being a key number here has me going ahead and playing the over. Uh, the defenses for both teams might not be much better than last season. I'm sure they will upgrade a little bit, but the Temple offense, I actually think will be better than 13 points per game, which is what they put up last year. Um, they, they just weren't all that good. But DeWan Mathis is a dual threat type of quarterback. 
And Temple head coach Stan Drayton will look to go ahead and move the chains through the passing attack to get this team, uh, you know, up and running and scoring a lot more than they did last year. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the over in this one. I think if Temple can go ahead and get to 23 or 24 points, uh, I like my chances because I think Duke will go ahead and put up a decent amount uh, as well. So I'll go ahead and I'll play the over in that one. Let's go ahead and jump over to Saturday here. We have North Carolina. They'll be on the road at Appalachian State. Uh, North Carolina installed as the road favorite here, minus one, and we have a total of 56. J-Rod, I'll go ahead and throw it over to you. App State, North Carolina, what are you looking at? Yeah, this is going to be just a lean for me. We saw North Carolina play a week zero game, and uh, it was shaky at best. You know, they did give up some points in the first half. I don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, info on Appalachian State. I know since their big upset years ago um, against uh, Michigan, they've kind of been on the radar as far as mid-majors go, but they always seem to produce a pretty good team. Uh, I just go back to like you said, we don't know much about these teams until the weeks get started, but I do know that uh, Mac Brown and North Carolina did turn in a top 20 recruiting class. I do think overall they're just a bit more talented, uh, especially with the type of players that they're recruiting there at a much bigger university. Um, The line tells you all that you need to know. It's definitely a coin flip. Is it tough to take a road team in a coin flip game in an environment like Appalachian State where they're going to be hungry against something some? Bigger team like this, absolutely. But just like last week uh, when we talked about Vandy and Hawaii, obviously two different scenarios. I'm just going to go with the more talented team, but it is a lean. Uh, I could see Uncle Dave going the other way on this, though, which would scare me. All right, Uncle Dave. J-Rod thinks you're going the other way on that one. What do you got? Well, I'm going to give you a best bet on this one, Sleepy, um, but it's not going to be App State. Now, it would have been App State at plus three, but I'm going to pass that. Now that uh, it's it's plus one, uh, but my best bet's going to be on the over in that game, fifty-five and a half, I believe it is now. Um, you know, App State's defense has, has been pretty killer over the last few years, but they got to replace a lot of talent. It's been a lot of production. I mean, you know, they were among the best in the nation at, at, at tackles for loss, uh, but you know, they are missing, I think, five of their top seven tacklers from last year. Um, and, you know, the secondary is uh, they lost their top corner, Stephen, uh, Sean Jolly, rather. Um, so I think that um, North Carolina will be able to score. I mean, I, I may not have said that um, a couple of years ago, but I do. Uh, and last year's North Carolina team, you know, they were overhyped. Um, you know, it, it, it started out with the first game when they lost to Virginia Tech uh, and double-digit losses to a bad Florida State team and a bad uh, Georgia Tech team. I mean, they can't stop anybody. So, yeah, they bring on Gene Chizik, but uh, I'm not sure in one year that's going to be enough. I mean, the Tar Heels last year, I think they went 0-7 against FBF teams when they didn't score 34 points. So, you know, uh, but, you know, no matter who's under center, um, they got All-American target out there, Josh Downs, and, and three of their top four receivers are back. So, I do think they'll be able to score. I don't think they'll be able to stop App State. App State doesn't turn the ball over. Um, I lean App State at plus one. I would have loved it at plus three. My best bet is the over 55 and a half. All right. Well, there you go. There's a best bet, early best bet from Uncle Dave uh, on the over in that game. I think you're going to like my pick there, Uncle Dave, then. Uh, I'm going to go down. I'm going to play the first quarter over North Carolina. They had a game last week, and they put up 56 points in that game. Uh, But they also gave up 24 points to Florida A&M. 
And I believe that North Carolina will give some points up here to App State. No, I like going ahead and looking at the over uh, with a team that played the week prior against a team that didn't play uh, because that team that didn't play pretty much, you know, that defense is like, wow, these guys are fast. They're just they're doing a whole hell of a lot. And I think North Carolina already has the motor running. Um, but defensively, I'm not super duper high on either of these teams, but I feel like 56 is is certainly an achievable number uh, for Uncle Dave to go ahead and hit that. But I think the first quarter um, could see could see some points. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the first quarter over. I'm really banking on North Carolina getting the motor running and kind of you know surprising App State a little bit. So first quarter over is at 12 and a half. I would consider maybe playing you know the first half over, but it's all 28s out there. I was hoping maybe to find a 27 and a half or a 26 and a half would have been ideal. I'm not going to go ahead and find that uh, because I looked all over and it's just it's not going to happen. So it's an over first quarter for me. 12 and a half for that game. Let's jump over to our next game here. We have Cincinnati at Arkansas. Arkansas minus six, total 52. Uncle Dave, throw it to you first. Cincy, Arkansas, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this line scares me. It's uh, it's six and a half. It's been seven. It's hard for me to tell if they're just buying the number seven. Um, but the Hogs won nine games last year. And, you know, they don't have the, the brand name coach and they don't have the, the huge Heisman candidate. Um, but they get the job done. I mean, you know, they have, they have great offensive line, defensive line, uh, and, and they play smart. And, you know, their only bad game last year was against Auburn. You know, their, their other three losses, uh, Old Miss of 52-51, you know, shootout they could have gone either way, uh, and Alabama, uh, but it was uh, 42, I think, to 35, not awful, uh, and Georgia, which, you know, there's no shame there. And, and I love K.J. Jefferson, the quarterback. Um, very young, so I think he's got nowhere to go but up. But last year he threw 21 touchdowns, just four picks, so, you know, this is an Arkansas team. Remember, they, they won three games uh, in the SEC uh, in 2020, and that was like a, a huge step forward for Pittman. And, you know, they won 11 games over four years and hadn't won more than eight in like 11 years. So I think they're poised for a bigger year. And I just think too many people think Cincinnati's still Cincinnati. I mean, Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce, gone. Um, you know, you have depth there, but, you know, you just don't. Uh, replace those guys. They they do have a a veteran O line that'll probably be able to run the ball a little bit. But you know, is Evan Prater Prater ready to replace Ritter? I I don't think so. Um, but in the offense, they lost a lot of stars. But uh, the defense uh, loses both top guys and the bulk of their talent. I mean, not only Sauce Gardner, uh, but five other defensive starters or players actually probably starters were actually drafted. So you know, I, I do think that they are going to decline uh, quite a bit. Uh, so I actually, I actually, uh, uh, I, I, I like Arkansas and I like the over. All right. So Uncle Dave going to go ahead and take the over and Arkansas on that one. How about you, J-Rod? How are you feeling about that game? Yeah, no, I'm not going to go into too much detail because Uncle Dave hit on most of it. Uh, I'm going to split with Uncle Dave there, though. Uh, I do like Arkansas, but I'm actually uh, in favor of the under there. He talked about Ritter being lost for Cincinnati. They're going to go through a quarterback change. That's obviously a big deal. It's going to be really hard for them to score down there uh, in Fayetteville. Like Uncle Dave also alluded to, uh, the Razorbacks are best in the trenches, and their quarterback loves to run the ball. So even on pass plays, you're going to see him getting out of the pocket, stepping up in the pocket. He's going to take as much yards as he possibly can with his legs. I think that's the um, uh, biggest strength 
uh, for them. And Arkansas is going to want to keep it on the ground. This is a big game for both programs, uh, both in the top 25. Neither of them want to start with the loss. Uh, I think Fickle's smart enough to keep it close. If he does know that he's outmatched, he's going to have to keep it on the ground. So I like Arkansas, but I also like the under as well, just because I could see uh, a game script play out where both teams are trying to keep it close and kind of just milking that clock with whoever has the lead. All right, some solid opinions there from Uncle Dave and J-Rod. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to make this game my best bet. I'm going to take Arkansas minus the six and a half points. You know, one of the things that Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma, and the other big powerhouse schools have in common is they end up with a lot of NFL players on their roster. And, you know, these teams year in and year out, they end up with the top records. And you know, they're playing in the playoffs. They're playing in title games. And Cincinnati had that type of talent on that team last year. And that's why they found themselves in the playoffs. The Bearcats, they just lost a ton of talent. Their quarterback is gone. Two best corners. I'm not sure if the running back or the wide receiver ended up getting picked up by an NFL team. But, you know, those guys are gone too. A lot of defensive guys have also moved on. Uh, these teams who lose this type of top talent, um, they don't fill those gaps. It's not in Alabama. It's not Ohio State. It's not Georgia. You know, they don't have those type of players waiting in the wings. And I just don't believe that Cincinnati is going to be as good as they were last year um, this time around. You know, take Clemson, for example, you know, a team that just always recruits well and it recruits top talent. Uh, but when ETN and Lawrence and those guys left and a bunch of those uh, defensive players uh, ended up going off to the NFL, we saw what that good team looked like uh, the next year around. Clemson wasn't exactly uh, the greatest team last year. I think Cincinnati, although not a bad team, um, it's going to take them a year. You know, as Uncle Dave mentioned, the Bearcat strength, it is the O-line. But we saw what happened, you know, when that team had to face an SEC defensive line last year, what that did to them. And it, it didn't work out all that great. I think that put these teams on an even playing field in the trenches. And that offensive line for the Bearcats that was taking full advantage uh, of some of the weaker teams. I don't believe they'll take advantage of this Razorbacks uh, defensive line. Arkansas, they have K.J. Jefferson at quarterback, who... I actually think it's maybe a dark horse candidate to go ahead and win the Heisman. He's like 80 to 1. So, you know, if you guys are feeling a little bit froggy, go ahead and maybe put a pizza bet down on him. Uh, Arkansas, they bring quite a bit back from last season. And it's mostly the skill positions, top talent. Like all those guys are coming back. This game is in Arkansas. And they're like 19 and 3 the last 22 games uh, that they've had home openers. So uh, the teams really saw when they go ahead and open up the year. I feel like Arkansas is just a far better team here. I don't think this game is actually all that close. You know, the Bearcats, I believe that they are getting respect, you know, from last season. And Arkansas, they're kind of just one of those teams that just flies under the radar because, you know, they're down there with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Auburn. You know, those teams usually take all the shine in the SEC. Arkansas saw it all around. My best bet for the podcast for sure uh, is Arkansas minus the six and a half. I actually have them winning this game like 38 to 20. Uh, I don't believe this game is going to be all that competitive once we get into like the third and the fourth quarter. So I'm going to go ahead and make that my best bet. Uh, Arkansas minus the six and a half. Let's jump over to Utah and Florida. Uh, this one will be a night game. We got the 7 p.m. start. This one will be live on ESPN. You guys are getting a full slate of ESPN games for us with this one. Uh, Utah minus two and a half minus three. Uh, let's call it total 51 and a half. Uncle Dave, throw it to you first. Utah, Florida, how, how you feeling? Yeah, I mean, there there are certainly reasons to like Florida. Uh, I like Napier. I like the higher, but like to bet against teams uh, from drier climates coming to the humidity of Florida. But I, I think in this case, that's not enough. I mean, I think if this were a day game, perhaps, but it'll it'll cool off fairly quickly. 
and Napier had the ninth ranked recruiting class this year, but you know, for now he's still coaching Dan Muller's players. And I think for me specifically, Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, and you know, I don't have a lot of respect for him. He's he's not a great decision maker. Uh, he is a running threat far more than a vertical threat, which is which is great because the Utes bring back ten starters from a defense that only allowed three point eight yards per carry last year. Um, the Gators starting tailback as a transfer from the Sun Belt. At ULL, who Napier coached, I know he's not a receiving threat. He will struggle the pass block, I think, in a big boy conference. And, and the Utes return 84% of their offensive production. Uh, and that's from a unit they put up in the Rose Bowl last year against the Buckeyes, 45 points and rushed for 226 yards. Uh, if they can do that, I think, uh, with a few weeks to prepare for a bowl game, you know, I, I got to trust Whittingham will be ready for the Swamp. And, you know, I think the Utes, they're just one of the best player development programs in the nation. Uh, Cam Rising, uh, their quarterback, they, uh, in Utah, they don't beat themselves with turnovers. And, you know, Florida does beat themselves with turnovers. I think last year only a dozen teams in the nation had a worse plus-minus number than the Gators. And, you know, Napier will fix that, but I digress. I don't think with, with Mullins players, I think uh, Utah moves into the top five after Notre Dame gets crushed by Ohio State. So I like Utah. All right, Uncle Dave, going to go ahead and play Utah. How about you, J-Rod, Utah, Florida? What do you got? Oh, I love this game. This was my favorite of the slate, and I'm going to make this one my best bet. You talked about earlier, uh, Sleepy, that typically we don't know a lot about some of these programs coming in, but I feel like we have a pretty good idea about both of these teams. Um, I'll just hit on some points that Uncle Dave talked about, and then I'll throw in some of my own. Uh, Utah brings back 9 of 11 starters on defense, which was already one of the top 10 in the country. Um, They're one of the most veteran teams coming back out of really anybody in the top 10. We know what we're going to get out of Whittingham. Uh, They love to run the ball. Last year, they averaged 217 yards per game on the ground, averaging astounding 5.6 yards per carry on 38 attempts per game. We know that last year they didn't start off exactly like they wanted to. Okay, They lost two of their first three games, and of the three of the four games that they lost, they're all on the road. That causes me to pause just a little bit. Where are they going? Florida. It's going to be hot. Not too hot like Dave alluded to, but we should be somewhere between 85 to 90 degrees. I worry about the humidity from the team coming out from the West. I worry about clamping early. Uh, I feel like Billy's going to have the Gators just a little bit more in shape, ready to go um, to at least start with. Utah, this is a huge game for them. I'm not saying that there's tons of pressure on them, but they literally can run the table this year. I truly believe that. I think they have the coaching and the returning players to do so, especially in a weak conference that they play in. I don't think they're going to get into the college football playoffs if they drop this game to Florida. So I think they're going to come out of the gates doing what they do best, running the ball, keeping it on the ground. They're going to be in a hostile environment, 90,000 people. When when Florida's 0-0, everybody in that university is going to think they have national championship hopes and aspirations. And with a coach as good as Billy Napier, how can you blame them? Uncle Dave alluded to the fact that they do bring in the ninth ninth best recruiting class in the nation, along with Mr. Napier. I think that they're just going to be a fantastic team. He also talked about uh, Anthony Richardson. A lot of guys have him right now as a first-round draft pick, but Billy's pretty smart. I don't think he's just going to let this cat go out there and throw 35 times. You look at the offense that he ran in Louisiana, they're going to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to pick and choose their spots to put it in the air. Obviously, the strength of Utah is going to be in the defensive line, so how are they going to be able to hold up? 
I don't think anybody's coming out of the gates guns a-blazing. It's a big game for both teams. Um, it's a national championship aspirations for Utah. It's a statement game for Billy Napier, um, for him and the university. It's a statement game for Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think they're going to be very conservative. And then you take in the weather, uh, the heat, and uh, just guys and the jitters and the crowd and everything. I do agree with Uncle Dave. I don't think Florida can stay in this for the long haul, but I do like him in the first half. But with both teams being very conservative, in my opinion, my best bet is going to be under 26 for the first half. I think, like I said, it's going to be conservative, on the ground, uh, pounded out team. Uh, If Florida were somehow to get the lead, I don't think they're going to do anything too stupid um, to try to relinquish that back. So I'm going to go under 26 first half. Solid play there from J-Rod. That's his best bet. I was on the fence with this one. I didn't know what to do. I'm sitting there going, man, I sometimes I wonder with these SEC schools, and they like to do this from time to time. Actually, I think Alabama started this with, you know, trying to get a big win early in the season against a team that's not prepared and trying to get them as close to home as possible. Well, you know, Florida was able to go ahead and lure Utah in here. And as you guys talked about, I think the weather could be a factor, you know, for Utah. I didn't know what to do with this game. I, I I started looking at the over. I started looking at Florida. I'm like, man, is you know, opening up in the swamp's not going to be easy. Uh, I do like Rising. I mean, I think he's a very good quarterback. I mean, he's a completion machine. Uh, and, and Florida's quarterback, he's kind of a dual threat. I think he can go ahead and, and cause some fits with his arms and his legs. But then Utah's defense is like, yeah, I don't know what to do. So uh, I lean to the over and I lean to Florida. That was my first case. And then as the days have gone by, I just think that this could just potentially be a coin flip game where I, I just I simply can't put my money down on it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pass the side, pass the total, and especially that J. Rod likes the under in the first half. Uh, there's just no way that I could go ahead and, and play the over in that one. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to back off. I'm going to call it a pass, pass for me with that one. Let's jump over to the nightcap game here. Uh, it's a 10:30 start time on ESPN. We have Boise State at Oregon State. Let's call it Oregon State minus two and a half. Total 57. J-Rod, not sure if you got anything on this one. Boise State, Oregon State, what do you got? Actually, it's going to be a pass for me, but this is a degenerate special. You know I'm going to be up uh, watching it for sure here in Nebraska. And if I've done even as good as 500% or 500 uh, on my bets early in the day, I'm going to have to hammer it one way or the other. All I know is that the only time I'm ever betting on Oregon State is if is when it's in Corvallis. But it's a pass for me. I'd love to hear what Uncle Dave thinks. All right, Uncle Dave, what do you got? Well, Uncle Dave thinks that uh, he will not bet on Oregon State because I think last year they did what they did with smoke and mirrors. I mean, I just don't think they're that talented, uh, and I think Utah State is. So I think that um, I'll let Sleepy tell me why the, the why they even should be favored because I think it's a WTF wrong team favorite here. Hey, I wasn't sure which team to favor in this one there, Uncle Dave. I, my, my thought was that, you know, Boise has the quarterback to go ahead and contend with, you know, these these type of schools. And then I was wondering, well, why is this team an underdog when typically in this game, you know, they would be a favorite. And I started looking a little bit more at Boise State, and they, they lost a good amount of players, and Oregon State has retained some talent. Uh, I'm not sure if they should be the favorite in this one. This is, seems like a, a true coin flip to me. Uh, for me, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the under. There was an early season move to the under in this one. And it got hit even a few more times in early August. That's sharp money. That that more than likely isn't a setup game, uh, as we've seen, you know, over some of the games that we touched on uh, over the last week or two. 
the strength for both sides, I think, will be the defense. I'm not necessarily sold on the Boise offense, but uh, Oregon State at home, uh, they always seem to go ahead and can kind of draw a tough game, and, and they generally always you know kind of play well in the opening week. Uh, this is going to be one of those chess match types games. I think third down uh, for both of these teams is going to be key. Uh, I could see both of these teams going ahead and, and, and getting some stops and, and really just bogging down you know, the offenses. So I'm in favor of the defense here. I think we see a lot of punts in this game. Uh, just not enough explosive plays, not enough explosive uh, playmakers on both sides of the offense. I do like the Boise State quarterback, but I just don't think he has a whole lot to work with. I think Boise will rely on that defense once again. Uh, Oregon State, I don't think they go out here and they try to uh, have guns blazing and doing all this trickery and stuff like that. And we've seen them do that from time to time. I think they come out here and they know that, you know, that they could actually win this game at home in Corvallis. And they look to go ahead and play it as safe as possible and eke out a win here. And I think that they probably will. I, I, I kind of lean uh, slightly to Oregon State maybe to win here, but uh, it's just tough. But I like the under in this one. 57 seems a little bit high to me. So I'll go ahead and I'll call that. Boise State, Oregon, under the total of 57. Uh, but that'll wrap it up, guys. You got our best bets. You got our thoughts on all these games. We'll be back next week for College Football Week 2. Uh, we'll all have best bets again, and we'll break down uh, some more games for you guys. But you guys got the ESPN uh, triple header from us this week. See what's on our card next week. You guys know where to find us on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame, at Dave underscore Essler, at CoachJrod1. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for college football week number one. Enjoy the games.